Thanks to Sprout Social for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Sprout Social offers businesses an intuitive platform to help build meaningful relationships at scale on social. To learn how your brand can create real connection, visit sproutsocial.com/fool today. It's Thursday, May 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio. The one and only Ron Gross. <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one. Were you, you in Highlander? I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all in for a Highlander reboot starring you. TV show or movie? A oh, movie. I watched every single episode of the TV show, and it was fantastic. Okay, I'll take you. I really loved it. Uh, We're going to talk retail. We're going to dip into the full mailbag, and it's Memorial Day weekend, so of course we have some grilling tips. We've got some grilling tips. Are you hosting anything this weekend? Are you uh, having people over? Are you barbecue? No. No. How about about we do the business stuff first, then we'll get into that. Fine. <laughs> we have to. Let's start with Best Buy. Second quarter profits for Best Buy look good. Shares down around five percent. I'm assuming that's because of their guidance. Yeah, it's all tariffs nowadays. Um, you know, Chris, when you look into the future sometimes, and you just don't see it right. Yes. This is one of those things for with me and Best Buy. I didn't get it. I didn't think the company was going to succeed. Um, but you know what? They've done a nice job. They've really turned the business into one of tech support and help, and to a certain extent, subscription services and online sales. And I saw none of it. I just didn't see it. I mean, you know, you can't see them all. You've got um, plenty of company in that regard. Yeah, for sure. This, I mean, even with the stock weakness today, Best Buy is up 25% year to date. And that's because of Uber Jolie doing a nice job turning, turning the business. We actually now have a, a new CEO coming on board. He'll be the Fifth CEO in the company's 53-year history, Corey Barry will come on. Uh, all indications that he will continue um, to focus on these higher-margin subscription-based services, things like Geek Squad, things like tech support, uh, and and the company perhaps may be able to kind of continue with this momentum. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel better. There were a lot of people yeah. who looked at Best Buy five, six years ago before Jolie came in as the CEO and thought, gosh, this is a business. It's a big box retailer that has Amazon showroom. Jolie made investments in the stores, made investments in the Geek Squad. And it shows up. I mean, you look at the gross margins in the second quarter, they're expanding. And that is directly the result of, as you said, the high-margin business of the Geek Squad. For, for sure. And also, they identified things that were not going well, and they made tough, tough decisions. They got rid of the 105 Best Buy mobile stores, they got rid of 12 of the large format stores, and they doubled down on, on what they thought they, they could do to improve margins. And so, so far, it, it has worked. Um, I think that's one of the things us investors sometimes fall prey to, is we kind of jump on the bandwagon of something's not going well, and and we project that it will continue to not go well into the future. It's human nature, and I think we we often do it. Um, the great investors out there can look a little further into the future and perhaps see um, a, a turn, and you can make a lot of money if you're able to identify those opportunities. Now, let's go to what's not happening right for this company <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Uh, you mentioned the tariffs. I mean that that is part of. What we're seeing with Best Buy today, because they slightly raised their guidance for Q2, but they kept their guidance for the entire fiscal year flat, which yes. is one of those things that always makes me scratch my head. <laughs> like I don't like inherent in a move like that. Isn't that the company saying, 
Because, look, if you're going to raise your guidance for the second quarter, it stands to reason that you would raise it for the full fiscal year. If you're keeping it flat for the full fiscal year, doesn't that stand to reason that they're like, yeah, we th- we're holding open the possibility, the very real possibility, that in the second half of our fiscal year, we're going to have to lower guidance? For sure. You nailed it, because it's all about the math, right? <laughs> if second quarter goes up, if you, the math just carries forward, the full year should go up, too. But there, I think they're doing the right thing here because if these trade wars don't get cleared up quickly, there will certainly be an impact. So they're being conservative, which I think is the appropriate thing to do. Now they're not lowering guidance, so it doesn't. They're not seeing things getting crushed in the second half, but they're they're being a little tepid in what they think the second half could hold in store for us. And as you said, in 2019, this is a stock that's been on a really nice run. So this is a drop to. Today, you know, this isn't. It's at a 52-week low, and it's dropping another five percent. And it's only 12 times earnings, right? So they're a profitable company, um, and only 12 times, which is, you know, theoretically cheap. Uh, similar companies, uh, peers, trade at a medium median of around 13 times. So it's 12 and 13 are similar. Let's not split hairs. But neither of those two are expensive, and that's because these businesses are tough and they ebb and flow, and they have good years and good decades and bad years and bad decades. Uh, so you're not going to ever see them trade for a premium to like the market. Um, but 12 times might be still a good entry point here. Good luck to the next CEO. Good luck, Tough act sure. to follow. Yeah. Shares of L Brands are up 13% this morning. This is the parent company of Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, and Pink. And I guess first quarter results were much better than expected, although expectations were pretty low for L Brands. Very low. Even with the pop, we're still down on the stock year to date about 5%. And that's because this Victoria's Secret. Um, Chain just cannot get out of its own way. It continues continues to struggle. Comp sales for Victoria's Secret down five percent over discounting. Falling same store sales for Pink. You mentioned the Pink youth targeted line. Things are not going well there, and that's really a drag on this company. The bright side is the Bath and Body Works side, where comp sales were up 13 percent. That's a strong number. Um, one would think that this would perhaps be a stronger company um, if Bed Bath, uh, Be- Bath and Body Works was a standalone company um, just in and of itself, um, because the demand from consumers seems to be pretty steady there, whereas Victoria's Secret's having having some trouble. I mean. I make fun of the $25 candles that they sell at Bath and Body Works, but you know, if you're looking for high margin stuff, no, that's a high margin item for sure. You know, and they did raise guidance. They they actually raised the lower end of full year guidance, but that's still a raise. Um, so you know that that's a positive indication. Um, this one's only trading at around nine times, right? So we talked about Best Buy, um, the specialty retail in the tech space, trading for twelve or thirteen. This one's only at nine. Even more of a specialty retailer in in my mind. So you don't want to pay up for a premium like this. Median companies trade around eleven. So it's trading at a discount to its peers, which is probably appropriate because Victoria's Secret is just not getting it done. You crunch the numbers a lot more than I do, but nine times still sounds high to me for L Brands. For the way that it's performing, I get that this quarter was better than expected, but it was basically an expectation that they were not going to make any money at all. They weren't going to turn a profit. Right. They did turn a profit. And, you know, if you told me L Brands was trading at 
four times. <laughs> no, I, I, I might I might start to get interested, but this just it still seems it still seems high for the structural problems that they're facing. You make an excellent point, right? When your guidance is for break even. And you exceed that guidance. Well, that's good. You're profitable, and profits are, are great. But you know, it, with the with the snap of a finger, they could have either been break even or negative. And then you know, what are you really paying up for? What are you buying um, to pay nine times uh, earnings? As you you indicate, it's, it's still it's still nine times. <laughs> if you owned a hundred percent of the company, you bought a hundred percent of the company. It would take you nine years to break <laughs> even if you put all of the earnings in your pocket. Well, particularly compared to something. Like Best Buy, it's like I look at Best Buy as a company that is maybe not firing on all cylinders, but they're firing on a lot of them. Yep. And the fact that it's you know twelve times versus nine times. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yep. Uh, quick shout out to Sprout Social for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. What makes people love the brands that they love? In a word, connection. And social media is where they look for that connection. Sprout Social gives businesses a unified solution to find, engage with, and nurture their audiences through social. In one intuitive platform, you can see and respond to every message, join the conversations that are happening around your brand, and turn rich social data into actionable insights. Look, if you're running a small business, you don't you, you don't have someone full-time dedicated to social. No. You need a little help doing that. Absolutely. I was talking with our colleague Anna who mm-hmm. who runs social media for us. Big fan of uh, so, awesome. uh, Sprout Social. Uh, more than 25,000 organizations around the globe use Sprout to create real connection no matter the size of your organization or the scale of your social efforts. Sprout has you covered when you need to deliver and measure valuable content, learn deeper insights about your audience, and nurture relationships with your customers. To learn how your brand can create real connection, visit SproutSocial.com fool today. That's SproutSocial.com fool. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from Alex Bayer, who writes, I'm a big fan of the show and all the other Motley Fool podcasts, as well as the Stock Advisor service. Thanks. Nice. We love that. that. Uh, I'm curious to hear if any of the fools have been caught in a value trap when they thought they were getting a great value stock and what uh, some of their most memorable examples are. Please keep up the podcast. I recommend them frequently, and later, I hear raving reviews." Uh, that's wonderful. And thank you for that, Alex. Thank you for helping to spread the word. And hey, if you want to leave a rave review on Apple Podcasts, sure. or Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can leave reviews, we would love that. Um, Oh boy, yes, Alex. <laughs> In a word, yes. Uh, and this is the question that we get from time to time when we see a stock drop. We get this question from listeners, and we ask this of one another: Hey, this stock is down thirty percent, forty percent. Is it a value play or a value trap? I've been a value investor, Chris, for thirty years, <laughs> and unfortunately, I've not escaped value traps. They're just they're part of doing business. Um, the ones that I fall and pray to really fall into two categories. If I look back over over specifically my hedge fund career, or actually at the full here as well, two categories. One is I thought a business was temporarily impaired, the market was overreacting, and that it would eventually come back and I could scoop it up at a at a cheaper price or a price that is less than I thought the company was truly worth, which is what a value investor is trying to do. Theoretically, what all investors are trying to do. Um, 
there are occasions where I've just been wrong about that. Um, listeners may remember me speaking about Amco Pittsburgh or Horsehead Holdings, um, two two value traps that I fell into. I am hoping that Titan International, my beloved Titan International, is not a value trap. However, it's taken years longer than I expected for this to turn. Even if it does work, my rate of return on an annualized basis will not be what I had hoped it would be. So, in that sense, it has become a value trap. I'm still holding out hope that it will turn, but th this could end up being one um, of those as well. The other um, times that I have uh, fallen prey to the trap is when I fell in love with a balance sheet. Back in the day, especially, um, value investors could actually make investment decisions, valuation decisions, by focusing on the balance sheet. It's, it's more difficult now, in a, at the end of an 11-year bull market, to find those kinds of opportunities. But certainly, back in the day, they were. And there were times where I would fall in love with a balance sheet um, and didn't focus enough on an operating business. One comes to mind, um, Concord Camera. There was, it was a company that made disposable digital cameras, you know, the kind that used to be on the table at a wedding. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Um, selling at a discount to its book value, its discount to its net worth. Um, and I thought it was a real opportunity here. I failed to see, however, that the world was going digital and the iPhone would be invented and no one would ever need a disposable camera ever again. So, I fell in love with a balance sheet. I didn't think enough about the business and the future, and uh, the company actually went bankrupt. We're off on Monday for the Memorial Day holiday, so please check out uh, Motley Fool Money this weekend. Our guest is Nell Minow. Uh, of course, we talk summer movies. Sure. And she's got a couple of recommendations of under the radar movies you don't want to miss, and at least one big budget blockbuster movie that really seems like you we're all going to want to skip. Um, so, definitely check that out this weekend. Um, Memorial Day weekend is not only the uh, sort of unofficial kickoff of the summer movie ser uh, season, it's also the official kickoff of summer grilling season. You betcha. Do you have a grilling tip for the dozens of listeners? Because you're, you're an experienced chef. I do have one. Now, I have one as well. Okay. Well, calm down. <laughs> Everyone, get get your pens out. I'm going to recommend Nippon N I P P O N Shaken S H O K K E N Black Pepper Sauce. It's a marinade. It's soy sauce based, peppers, garlic, black peppercorns. Fantastic. You can use it on steaks, pork tenderloin, chicken. It is unbelievable. If you don't like it. I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to guarantee it, but email me and let me know because I would be shocked. Specialty retailers, Whole Foods, Balducci's, you can find it in places like that. Spicy? It is spicy because of the black peppercorns, but not like spicy like a like a buffalo wing, not that kind of heat, okay. uh, but there's a kick to it. All right. Nippon shakin black pepper sauce. Mm -hmm. I did actually jot this down, so okay. I'm, I'm going to check that. To answer your question from the beginning of the show, yes. no, I'm not entertaining okay. this weekend. Don't have guests over. But here's here's my grilling tip, um, and it's a reminder to myself. But it's it, uh, it it's to invest in some metal skewers. I've done that recently. Wow, I can't believe you really? said that. Yeah, invest in some metal skewers because kebabs take a little bit of work. Little bit of extra work than just sort of putting together, you know, burgers, dogs, sausage, yes. you know, that sort of thing. But they're so worth it. And I find I'm my grill game is not quite up to par with yours. I'm pretty good at grilling. Mm -hmm. I'm not a master griller like you. But I find that when I do kebabs, metal skewers. I agree. 
perfect every time. Sure. And I'm going to give a shout out to Dan. I, I think I'm right about this. I, in the past, was mistaken that you should do your kebabs with vegetables and protein on the same kebab. And I was like, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. You'll be able to regulate the temperature. You won't burn the this, or you won't burn the that. I was wrong. You should separate them, in my really? opinion. And I think Dan, it came from Dan, if, 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 if I'm not mistaken, our engineer here. Um, if you separate the vegetables and the protein, whether it be for the chicken or the swordfish or whatever, you'll, they'll come out much, much better. Oh, let's go to our man behind the glass, the immortal Dan Boyd. Dan? Yes, you're right, Ron. I, well, I don't know if I certainly didn't make up this idea. <laughs> right, no. I, may, I may have been the one to deliver the news to you, but yeah, you can. Uh, it's it's a lot easier to get correctly cooked vegetables and meat when they're all on the uh, same skewer together. Because sometimes, if you're especially if you're cooking chicken, like a chicken kebab, you have to cook that chicken for a long time, longer than you want to cook the onions or the peppers or whatever. So. Just a good idea. So I'm just thinking about all the times I've seen pictures mm. of kebabs, and of course, usually it's steak or chicken, and colorful vegetables, red and green, yellow peppers, onions, that sort of thing. And what do we think? Do we think they're they're doctoring those photos? Do we th- like because it's just you can still cook them like that, and they'll probably be delicious, but. I'm talking about optimizing the deliciousness. And if you're going right. to take the grill out, you're going to clean it off, you're going to fire it up, and you're going to do all those things, you might as well cook the food correctly. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with a little char on a red onion or, 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 Absolutely or a tomato. It's, but you can actually you could do that anyway if you want separately. But you'll have the choice then versus having no choice because you got to make sure your chicken doesn't kill everyone at the barbecue. You're not getting advice like this on no, you are other not. business news podcasts. <laughs> I, you're just not. Uh, Ron Gross, thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you on Tuesday.